Awesome. Well, welcome to Genesis. Hope you guys are doing well. I hope you enjoyed the eclipse. Did anyone have any good weather for it? Had a good storm. Yeah, same. So uh, the next eclipse uh, is going to be on April 8th, 2024. And the next eclipse over Charleston will be August 21st, 2392. So mark your calendars. Absolutely. So we're in the final week of our series, Those Millennials. And uh, in week one, Kevin talked about uh, overcoming pride and how God exalts the humble uh, and, and gives, uh, or ex- what does he say? He gives grace to the humble, opposes the proud. And in week two, we discussed the importance of starting in life, like how God doesn't, uh, he wants us not to despise small beginnings. And, uh, and last week we talked about the power of faithfulness and uh, the, the, the power of sticking with it in our life. And so tonight we're gonna conclude this series with a conversation and a discussion of why millennials are leaving the church. And this is kind of a, a pretty relevant topic, something that we've all seen or walked through, uh, maybe experienced ourselves. And uh, I'm not sure if you know, but people our age are leaving the church in droves. I mean, it, they're going out like crazy and, and leaving at an alarming rate. And so just to put it in perspective, listen to this, this, this statistic. This is the first one. 59% is the dropout rate of millennials raised in church. And that's about five times the normal rate, the historical rate. And here's another one. Uh, 35% of young Americans uh, are, are claiming no type of faith. And compared to Generation X, which was only 8%. And so it's going up more and more each and every year with millennials not claiming a faith, walking away from their faith, not going to church. And uh, this is an important topic to discuss because we all are millennials, Right? We're in, if you're here tonight, you're a young adult. You're a millennial. And so this is a topic that's important for you to discuss. And so you're either here as a millennial who has walked away from your faith and you're at a church service and so maybe you're on the way back. Or maybe you're a, a millennial who is just completely committed to their walk with Christ. And for you, it's just important to know why your brothers and sisters in Christ are walking away from their faith. And so that's why we're going to talk about it tonight. And uh, I actually had a... Uh, a situation come up about an hour before service tonight that blew my mind. Uh, I had a friend uh, that I grew up with that uh, was a Christian, you know, growing up and throughout high school. And I found out probably about an hour and a half ago that uh, he got arrested uh, for soliciting sex to a minor and is facing up to 50 years in prison. And so this is a very real problem. Millennials are walking away from their faith each and every day. And so this is why we're going to talk about it tonight. This is why this topic is going to conclude this series. Because the bottom line is those millennials, those millennials are leaving church. Those millennials are walking away from their faith. And I did a lot of research for this to to kind of see what exactly the reasons are. And uh, a lot of people had a different Opinion. There's a lot of different opinions, a lot of different reasons. And I did my best to kind of narrow all of those down and kind of give us three reasons tonight that I believe umbrella the reason why millennials are leaving church. And so tonight we're going to talk about those three reasons. And I'll go ahead and say that this message all but cracks the surface tonight. That this is a problem that runs deep and it requires a lot more than 20 minutes. So tonight my goal is to hopefully open a can of worms for you. Is to open, a, open up a conversation open up a thought process to where you can start drawing some, some conclusions 
for yourself. And uh, I want to begin by reading from Matthew 16. Uh, if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn there with me. Matthew 16, uh, at this point, uh, Jesus has been doing the three Ps. He's been preaching, prophesying, and performing. Okay, he's been performing miracles, prophesying about what he would do on the cross, and he's been preaching the good news. And, uh, and starting in verse 24, he begins to explain what he requires from his disciples. And this is what he says. It says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save, his, would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? And these verses, they're gonna carry us through the night. And the truth is, is that we have a laundry list of priorities in our life, right? So we have school, we have work, we have Netflix, we have other hobbies, we have extracurricular activities, we have boyfriend and girlfriend, we have sleep, we have social media, and somewhere in that list is our faith. Somewhere hidden in that list is our faith, and it seems that the more gets, that gets added to the list, the more faith starts to get thrown to the wayside a little bit. And so this is either happening on purpose or not, but in our eyes, our faith starts to hold a little bit less value. And so the first reason I have for us tonight is expendable faith. Millennials are leaving the church because of expendable faith. In the mind of many young Americans, the church has become expendable. In other words, many believe that they can just simply live without it. And if we're in here tonight, we know that's not the case. But in the mind of many young Americans, the church has become expendable. And the scary thing about faith that is expendable is that it is faith that is often stuck and faith that is often inactive, faith that is often dormant. It's a faith that's stuck at your mom and dad's house. It's a faith that's stuck at camp. It's a faith that's stuck in the seventh grade. It's not a faith that will carry you into adulthood and into a mature relationship with Christ. Here, listen to one more statistic. Listen to this. Only 20% of millennials believe attending church is important or worthwhile. 20% believe that coming and being part of the body of Christ is important or worth their time. This is because of expendable faith. This is because of expendable faith. And the gospel calls for complete surrender. You're either in it or you're not. You can't live with one foot in the game and one foot on the sideline. It just doesn't work that way. The gospel calls for complete surrender. And when you're only living halfway for, halfway for Christ, you're not going to value your faith. And the thing is, it's still going to be a chore. It's still going to be an obligation, a burden. But all the while, simultaneously, it will be a get out of hell free card. And that's what we will see it as. As long as we keep our faith expendable. And we live in a generation that's afraid to commit to anything. We live in a generation that's afraid to commit to anything. And I know this to be true because I'm the same way. When it comes to hit, hit going on a Facebook event, it's kind of like, ah, maybe something better will come along. I don't really want to do that, you know, because I don't, don't want to lie either. You know, I don't want to hit going and then not show up. We know how that is. Let me read Matthew 16, 24 through 26 one more time. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? 
you guys know this, but people nowadays are crazy about their personality tests. We see, we see personality tests, we see people just come up with them. You know, like you see them on Facebook, you see them, you see them everywhere. And, they, and, and, and people just wanted to become the best version of themselves. They just want to become the best version of me. And sometimes, you know, maybe you're one of those people, you know, you just want to become the best version of you that you can. You're proud to be an introvert. You're proud to be an ENTJ on the Myers-Briggs. You're proud of it. And you go, on, you go online and say, okay, so what, uh, what letters of Meyer, what results of Meyer-Briggs test do I, am I compatible with? I'll match these up. I'll only hang out with these people. These people get me. Okay? So we got these personality tests, and we're all about them. But then, and if you, you, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you see me talk about this. Okay? This has kind of been on my mind a little bit lately. In the Bible, we see a much different view of self. Okay? When Jesus talks about self, he doesn't say, yeah, you need to become the best version of you. You don't see that. Instead, what you see in the, in the Bible, what you see in the words of Jesus is actually a much smaller version of yourself. Not a bigger or better. You see a much smaller version of self. Actually, in the verses we're reading tonight, what does he say? Deny yourself. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. And so we see here that Jesus is letting his disciples know pretty clearly the level of commitment he's talking about. When he says take up your cross, take up your instrument of torture and follow me. It's not easy. It's not easy denying yourself. And this is surely not a command to halfway commit to following Jesus. It's a command to lay down your life. But because of the unwillingness to commit that this generation has, we are stuck with a lot of halfway committed Jesus followers who are cool with checking their box, but they're not cool with taking up their cross. They're cool with saying, yeah, I'm a Christian on Facebook or yeah, I'm a Christian on the SAT, but at the same time, they're not willing to take up their cross in their life. They'll put Jesus in their bio on Twitter. They'll put Jesus in their bio on Instagram, but he doesn't show up in their actual life. That's expendable faith. That's faith that they're like, yeah, I'll push it to the side. When things that matter more to me come up, yeah, it's cool. I don't want to commit just in case something better comes along. You know, that verse says that you don't want to gain the world and lose your soul. And I'd hate to say that we gain popularity, followers, success, and degrees, but lost our soul in the process. I'd hate to say that we gained all of those things and then missed Jesus. Faith comes first. And until it does in your life, your faith will always be expendable. You'll always consider it expendable. I can live life without it. Until the moment you fully commit to Christ, that's how it's going to be. And so therefore, I would encourage this generation, I encourage the people in this room tonight, I encourage myself to commit wholeheartedly to your relationship with Christ. Because at the end, that's the only thing that matters. And there are two things you can do to activate your faith. The first one is to start spending time with Jesus on a daily basis. This is one of those things that you hear a lot. And so it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. But I could stand up here and talk till I'm blue in the face about this. This will change your life if you let it. Spend time with Jesus. Pick up the Bible. Pray. There's no substitute for it. Absolutely no substitute. 
The second thing is to be active in the local church. Start serving. Join a small group. Be part of a community. You'll start to see your faith come alive. Our relationship with Jesus is just too important to be expendable. Uh, An article I read uh, mentioned that millennials are leaving their faith not because of intellectual objections, okay? So they're not leaving their faith because they don't think God created the world. They're not leaving their faith because they don't believe Mary really was a virgin. They're not leaving their faith because they, they, they believe in some other intellectual fill in the blank. It says they're actually leaving not because of intellectual objections, but because of emotional wounds. And that brings us to the second reason. The second reason millennials are leaving, are leaving the church is because of a lack of trust. They're leaving the church because of a lack of trust. Not because of, of intellectual objections, but because of emotional wounds. And this could include pain, scars, or abuse caused by the church itself. And therefore, you have become distrusting of the church and those within it. And I know how this feels because I've been there before. I've been burned by the church in the past. And I know how it feels. It's not great. It's not a great feeling. And I know this is going to be a sensitive subject. And if for me, if it wasn't for the spirit of God, if it wasn't for a community of believers, I would have walked away and I would have stayed away. And I know how, I know how this can be. And so I want to address this briefly tonight. Like I said, we have 20 minutes. And so I, I kind of just want to briefly hit on this. The first thing I want to do is apologize on the behalf of the body of Christ. If you're a millennial in here tonight, and you've been burned by the church, if you're a distrusting of the church, I want to apologize. Sometimes the people in the church don't act like Jesus called them to. And so the body of Christ is a group of imperfect people. But we serve a perfect God who offers us perfect grace. And so I would encourage you to give the church another chance. And I would encourage you to give Jesus another chance. And maybe there's one or two people in here tonight that feel bitter to the church. They're not just turned off, they're bitter. They're angry about it. To the point where you probably don't even care what I'm saying. I just want you to know that the gospel heals. It has the power to heal you and your situation. And if you're not in here, if you're in here tonight and you haven't been burned by the church, if you're a millennial Christ follower and you're sold out, you have to take it upon yourself not to add to the strife that's within the body of Christ. You have to make an effort not to add to the problem, to make the decision not to stir up strife among the body of believers. And maybe over time, we can begin to earn back the trust of this generation. And we can do so by being authentic in our faith. We actually talked about, I believe it was in week one or two, Kevin talked about how a lot of times this generation doesn't really like fake. They don't, you know, it's like if I'm going to be a believer, if I'm going to be a Christian, then I'm going to be all in or I'm not going to be in at all or, or maybe they see hypocrites and they're really turned off by it. Millennials hate when they see facades being put on. They hate fake. And so for us as Christians, we need to not be fake. We need to be authentic believers, authentic followers of Christ so that we can begin to earn back the trust of those who don't trust us any longer. The, uh, the third reason that we have tonight for millennials leaving the church 
is one that uh, I believe stems from an overemphasis on religion from within the church. And this is, this is the, the last one for tonight. Um, and this is it. It's restraining religion. The third reason I believe millennials are leaving the church is because of restraining religion. And I, I, I kept this one for last because I feel, I don't know everyone in here. I don't know all of your situations. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know all of your situations. But a lot of you in here that I do know have been around the church for a very long time. And therefore, this is for you. The third reason is restraining religion. And uh, another article that I, I read, it said that millennials have made a complete split from the traditions and the institutions of the, of the past, of a generation before us. And so maybe our parents maybe started that fade where they kind of weren't into it, but then all of a sudden here comes millennials and it's like, no, nah, we don't want the traditions. We don't want the institutions. So our parents kind of grew up in this tall steeple, stained glass window, kind of feel suit and tie on a Sunday kind of church where our generation has grown up in the era of celebrity pastors, of mega churches, and of worship albums. And so a list of do's and don'ts, a list of do's and don'ts, a list of religion isn't appealing no matter how big the building is, no matter how good the music sounds, no matter how skinny the jeans are, it doesn't appeal to anybody. And so it seems that sometimes the millennials, they see this, this generation of Christians, this generation of church, and they see right through it. And it seems that sometimes that the church remembers to communicate their structure and they forget to communicate the freedom of Christ. They remember to preach command obedience, but forget to preach grace. And the two aren't separate. They go hand in hand. But one without the other kind of creates a problem. And the thing is, is that the dangerous thing about this is that when this gets confused by the believer, the one who's supposed to know the difference, and how they work together, when this is confused by us, it's going to get confused twofold by the unbeliever. And so the church has spent so much time setting up this structure that you got to look like this, you got to dress like this, you got to act like this, this is what our church service is going to look like, this is what our building is going to look like, this is where we're going to spend money. And all of a sudden, this millennial starts wandering in and they don't fit this. They walk in and feel, whoop, I do not belong here. And they're gone. Restraining religion is dangerous. And we can't be so focused on church that we forget Jesus. Church can be an idol. We can't be so focused on church that we forget Jesus. I read a survey that uh, quoted a millennial de-churched young American, and not unchurched, okay? So unchurched is someone who has not spent any time around the things of God, hasn't spent any time around the church. But then we have this new category, de-churched, someone who raised in the church and then has walked away. This is a de-churched young American who had this to say, and I believe this is absolutely profound for us tonight. 
I know it was for me. And this is what he said. He said, I guess the church just churched the church out of me. I guess the church just churched the church out of me. I asked a few people about this quote and I read it to them and uh, they all responded close to the same way. I've been there. I know what that's like. I know what it's like for the church to church the church out of me. Why is that? Why? The feeling that, it's the feeling that the structure of the church is more valuable than the people within the church. You know that old nursery rhyme, here's the church and here's the steeple and here's inside and you see all the people? We've started to care a whole lot about the steeple and stopped caring so much about the people. The mold that the church is, that it's created, it starts to be valued more than the people that make up the church. And that's the feeling that's ran off scores of young adults. And here's the thing, as millennial Christ followers, we have to be more sensitive to the soul than to the structure. We've got to be more sensitive to the soul than to the structure. Let's read Matthew 16, 26, one more time. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will a man profit if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? I'd hate to say that we gain the respect of fellow believers and then lost our witness to the world. I'd hate to say that we learned the right words, the right actions, the right songs, and then missed Jesus. I'd hate to say that we loved church so much that we missed Christ in the meantime. Our generation needs to remember to love people. Needs to remember to love people as we've been commanded to do. We can do this by welcoming people when they come to church, making them feel welcome, by, willing, by being willing to spend time around unbelievers. And here's, here's another thing that we can do. We can, we can remember where Jesus found us because that is often a very humbling thing to remember where Jesus found you and your messiness. And you look and you see somebody else sitting there in messiness and you're like, look, I've been there. I know what that's like. I'm not too good for that. I'm not too, not too comfortable in my barriers or structure to go in the pursuit of a soul. Relationship wins over religion every single time. And God has placed us in a generation that is very unique to this world. And you know, currently it's a generation that is marked by expendable faith, restraining religion and a lack of trust in the church. And we can either sit and complain about that. We can either sit and watch the videos, the funny YouTube videos about millennials. We can sit and read the articles. We can hear about the avocado toast and hear about how we're never gonna be able to buy a house because we spend too much money, whatever it is. You can either sit and complain about that or you can choose to go out and change it. Because sitting in here and being around people that have the same everything as you. Maybe just creating a mold 
Then when millennials walk through the door, they don't feel like they belong. And so I hope this, I hope this kind of opened a conversation. And, uh, uh, you know, there's not much of a conclusion to that. Because I want the conclusion to be during table talk, during your conversation. I wanted this to open a discussion tonight. And uh, we're going to move into table talk here in a few minutes. I'm going to pray. Uh, and I really do believe that I hope that we can begin to see these issues through the lens of the gospel so that we can begin to heal and to fix them piece by piece and maybe have our generation be remembered by something else other than they left the church. They had expendable faith. They didn't trust the church. So I'm going to pray and uh, I'm going to do a few announcements and then uh, we'll move forward. So let me pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for uh, these truths being revealed to us. And God, I pray that we will continue to put things into our life that will help us take steps to making these right. Piece by piece, person by person, soul by soul. And God, I pray that we'll be able to earn back the trust of this generation. I pray we would let go of our religion and start holding on to you and start holding on to your grace, holding on to the freedom that you bring. And God, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for even though we didn't, we weren't good enough, God, you were good enough for us. And I thank you for that truth. And I thank you for that while we were still sinners, you chose to die for us. And, uh, and God, I pray tonight that we would break out of some of these molds, some of these structures that maybe the church has placed so that when a millennial walks through the doors, they feel welcome. They feel like they can belong and they can experience you. So we love you, Lord. And we pray that you would start to hold on to the soul, not the structure. I pray over the conversations that are about to be had, that this can of worms will continue to be a conversation, continue to be a discussion, and will hopefully, hopefully one day lead to change. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.